0: Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they really love, and create actual, amazing, real relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the Fine Print Podcast on Ramsey Networks, is my co-host today. As we take your questions about your life and your money, open phones at 888-825-5225. Aaron in Lexington, starting off this hour. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Yeah. First time caller. Well, we're honored to have you. How can we help?
1: Well, we just came into a little bit of money uh, as a settlement that I'm sure they're going to, have to pay taxes on. And it's about 210000 So trying to figure out what we should do with it. We've already debt-free. You know, we've used your plan over the years. Not faithfully, but we've used it. And everything every we've got is paid off. and The mortgage is paid off. And so I'm just trying to figure out what to do with this. You know, what's the best way not to pay taxes on it? Because obviously I think a this, is going to put us over another tax bracket that we're going to have to pay a lot of taxes on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so uh, what was that. the settlement for? uh just a uh previous work no, not a disclosure. Uh. Well I mean was it like a workers comp type situation? It was from a past employer. A past employer? Yeah. Were you hurt physically?
1: no, so, it was, no, so it's yeah it's it's gonna be taxed. We will be taxed on it. How do a, you know? Some, yeah. Well they were at the we should get a ten out of nine for it.
0: That doesn't matter. How do you know it's going to be taxed? Them giving you a 1099 doesn't mean that you are taxed. There's two types of settlements. There's punitive and compensatory. Okay, Compensatory is compensation. If this is lost wages or compensation that they're paying you on or back wages that they didn't pay you accurately – then that's going to be taxable. Punitive may or may not be taxable, and so you need to talk to your tax your tax advisor to be sure. Your old company or your lawyer don't, shouldn't be giving you tax advice. You need to go get that on your own, number one. But let's pretend it is taxable. We need to calculate what the taxes are going to be, and the first thing we're going to do is set the taxes aside out of it so that the money's sitting there next April and you're ready to go, right? You write the check. Right. And then that leaves you the rest of it to do something with. But you are not... You, you don't have medical bills due to an injury is associated with this, right? No. Okay. No. All,
2: right. all right. Well, there's only you, you said you're out of debt completely. You don't have a payment in the world, including your house, which means you've got all the options in the world. And so there's only three things you can do with this money. You can give some. You can save some. You can spend it. And I would encourage you to do all three if this is just kind of... Fund money now you have to use at your disposal. So maybe you spend a little bit of it, but I would encourage you to give some as well and maybe invest some of that because that can turn into a whole bunch more money down the road in your retirement.
0: George is exactly right. So, Aaron, when we're dealing with um, people in baby step seven and sometimes very wealthy people that are in baby step seven, which is where you are, and they get a check, uh, maybe it's an NFL player, uh, maybe it's an author like me that gets a royalty check in the mail and it's a big big old check like that then you have to say before the check comes i'm going to set aside a percentage for giving a percentage for enjoyment and a percentage for investing and to encourage me to do all three of those things and then like in my case aaron what i do is i just apply that percentage that i figured out uh... to every check i get now uh... Because I mean above my living expenses, which are moderately low, okay. But I mean I, I get uh, in my income coming from several sources. I just get a check in. I go okay. The, what I do is I'm a Christian, so I give a tenth tithe to my local church. I got to set aside forty percent because I'm uh, I, I'm uh, wealthy and I must be punished by the federal government. So that's the forty percent for taxes, and so that's fifty percent of the checks gone right there. That leaves me another fifty percent to divvy up among more giving some some lifestyle enjoyment and some investing and i would encourage you uh to do minimal life uh, lifestyle investing or lifestyle maximum investing and something that might feel even a little bit heavy to you on the generosity side uh you don't owe anybody anything um and where this money came from or the result of whatever it came from doesn't really matter to me you still should apply it to those three things does that make sense to you Yes, sir. Yeah, but make sure you set your taxes aside before we start having any of this discussion. Or if you're going to do it like me, you're going to set aside 40% for taxes. I set aside 10% for my local church. my tithe. I'm an evangelical Christian. And then I got half of it left. Here we go. That balance helps, and though. You, know, and you it feel just, good about it's it. It's automatic. It's automatic. I don't have to think about it. I can enjoy the percentage that I set aside for enjoyment because I know I was like a grown-up with the rest of it. And I know I'm not messing up something, right? And I'm not, you know, avoiding investing, and um, and so yeah, that that's what you always want to do. Oh, and the, by the way, that's what we teach little kids. Parents to
2: teach little kids. Oh yeah, we have our give, save, spend piggy bank over there, and you can teach these principles at a very young
0: age. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Tim is in Hartford, Connecticut. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I'm
1: a long-time listener and a first-time caller, so it's hard to start the the call with telling you you're wrong, but if you're hearing me out for one second, people say, how are you, and you say, better than I deserve. Uh, With the amount of people you have helped, with the amount of lives you have changed, giving people encouragement and changing their lives, you're not better than you deserve. You are deserving of everything you have, and I thank you for all you've done.
0: You're very kind, sir. You're very kind. It's a theological statement. I deserve hell, and I'm I'm not going because of Jesus, okay? So it's a statement of grace, but yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and it shows your humility, but thank you for changing our lives. Uh, i got a 401k question for you. Uh, I understand the 401k's plan is for the long term, and we don't freak out right now because the market's down and that kind of stuff. However, uh, knowing that we're in a bear market why wouldn't I put a big hunk of my 401k into kind of a guaranteed fund to stop these losses for X number of months until the market turns around so that when it does, I'm starting to build again on a higher balance, not a lower balance? Yeah.
0: The problem is if you knew sense? when the market was going to turn around, you would be running Wall Street.
1: True, true. And I know you can't time the market, but exactly. obviously. exactly, Which is exactly um, what you're trying to do yeah ag- agreed um, but i think everybody's in agreement that it's not going to recover in the very near future
0: who's in agreement and, and well, i don't know if I'm, you mean if you mean by friday i agree with you if you mean by september i'm not sure if i know that
1: yeah yeah true no we don't know that for sure but uh you know there's that the losses are so big now i just keep looking back and saying had i put it in this guarantees fund i'd be 200,000 dollars ahead in my 401k
0: yeah, but every dollar you're buying now, when it comes back, you're going to be 200000 ahead with.
2: You'll have more regret on that side. You're going to be man, I should have left it in there and bought more
0: when it was on sale. It's on sale, man. True, true. So. I, I, I would
1: be foregoing the growth. but, yeah. but the, the answer to your you question
0: know, is, I personally have not touched my 401k. Have you, George? Same. Leave it alone. I'm loading it up. I am tempted to actually put more into the market right now, but... I, as a matter of principle, don't try to time the market, so I'm not going to do that. But I think the market's on sale. I think it's a great buy right now, and I'm kind of excited. This is The Ramsey Show. Let me tell you a story about two families that are very much alike in a lot of ways. Both families have two working parents and a couple of young kids. Each has dead and has struggled to make ends meet. But they're starting to make headway with their budgets and smarter decisions with money. They have dreams and plans, and the only real difference is that one family has the right amount of term life insurance, and the other doesn't. Big difference. If one of the parents die, and that does happen, their well-being would be destroyed. Paying for the mortgage, utilities, food, and other bills would be impossible, let alone saving for education or retirement. That's why every day I talk relentlessly about getting term life insurance. Just go to ZanderInsurance.com or call 800-356-4282 and see how inexpensive it really is. Be the family that takes those deliberate steps to be different and responsible. It really does make you the hero of your story, and it puts you on course For better things ahead. Well, on July 14th, we're going to be hosting a free live stream called the Real Estate Reality Check. People are scared, they're mad about the prices, the interest rates, what's going on with the housing market. And based on all of their emotions, some of them, some of you have made incorrect conclusions, uh, which are going to harm you if you act on them. So we're going to help you with that. We're going to talk you through what's happening with the housing market, what is real. The pain is real. The frustration is real. The anger and the fear is real. Uh, But there are also facts and data that affect this. The housing market is not going to crash. Mark it down. I said it here. I've said it a bunch of times in the last several weeks. I'm going to say it again with charts and graphs. <laughs> That's a first. On the 14th. Yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something I don't like doing, but I'm going to actually show you the actual data and, you know, teach you so that you can uh, calm your butt down in some cases. So if you uh, want to know what's going on with the real estate market, George Camel, Rachel Cruz, and I will be doing this event. We're going to go through what is really happening under the hood of the real estate market, so then you can you can draw your own conclusions after we teach you if you agree with the... Here's the actual data. Here's the facts. Now, you agree with our conclusions or not, based on that. Can you disagree with data? I um, guess you could try. Uh, people do all the time. Mm. Yeah, they're called Democrats. <laughs> so, all right. Open phones at 888 You can sign up for this reality check, com slash reality com slash reality uh, on uh, july the 14th it's a free live stream so i've got a buddy of mine that's a democrat that's running for office that's why that was top of mind oh nice I and, hope he's uh, listening. he and i love each other and we love to argue with each other i would love to and be so a he, he always i did that kind of for him because he listens and i know he'll he'll call me now and he'll give me a hard time that was
2: basically a shout out for him
0: so i could i couldn't resist just throwing a little grenade over the yeah. over the radio waves so the rest of you that are democrats and now you're all pissed off you missed the point it was not a pissed off thing. That was a, That's called humor, and it's just for my buddy. And Their me, sarcasm
2: okay? detector so, isn't working, Dave.
0: Well, it's I, I, sometimes I don't hit the note. You know, I don't hit the sarcasm note. Uh, and I don't use the font correctly when I'm writing sometimes. There's a sarcasm font, I think. Is that there should, it? There should be when we're writing. Comic Sans. So, George, back to our last caller for a second, because that is also a point of concern out there. Uh, the bear market. And uh, if we want to be uh, sarcastic and funny, we can say scary bear. Scary, scary bear. Because the bear market, the, the stock market's down 20%. So he said he lost 200000 bucks. so he's lost. He had a million dollars. It's 401k. Last caller. Probably. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, it makes sense. So and he hasn't lost 200000 bucks unless he sold it. Uh, because there's two, two types of gains. There's recognized and realized. Recognized is I recognize that my balance is down, but until I sell it. I didn't lock in the losses. It hasn't become reality. It's not, it is not realized. It's just, we're just recognizing. And from tax purposes, we use that terminology, accounting purposes, but it also is a, kind of a factual thing that, you know, like during the drop of 2008 and the market went from 13000 to 6500 it went in half. It went down 50%. People were interviewing Warren Buffett. Mr. Buffett, didn't you just lose 80, $83 billion? And he said, no, I didn't lose anything. Haven't sold anything. Haven't sold anything. I just it's just riding down. I'm ride it back up, Mm -hmm. and of course it went down from sixty five hundred to thirteen thousand, and then back to thirty nine thousand from there, three x above. So turns out Mr. Buffett was right. To both the
2: stock market and the real estate market, perspective is what keeps you from making poor decisions. So when you look at that perspective and go, "Oh, it went back up to thirty nine percent," probably should have stayed in the market.
0: Thirty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. When you pan back and you see history, it can calm you down. That's a good thing to do. It helps me. Um, and so let's talk about actual history and data on bear markets. A bear market is any time that the stock market goes down more than 20% in value, which we're in the middle of a bear market. Since World War II, post-Great Depression, there have been 14 bears. It's a lot of bears. Yep. We've had a bear problem. So, um, And the average length of a bear market, during those 14 is 13 months and the average time to recover back to ground zero back to where it was before the decrease started was it is uh, about 24 months 26 months 23 months I've read three different articles so but it's right in there right right around two years and so if we go back to the first of the year which is where we're measuring the decline from and you go out two years from January 1 of 22 that'd be January 1 of 24 the average is it will have recovered by then. Wow. Which means that there's a chance it will recover sooner, and there's a chance it could recover later. That's the average of 14 different events. And so you've got a lot of actual data to look at. The chances of this one being
2: drastically different, I don't see that happening.
0: Well, it's not as extreme as 2008. And, of course, the more extreme it drops, so far it's not. The more extreme it drops, the... um, the longer it would take to recover, typically, it would, you know, unless it just shot back up due to some kind of a magical economic pill or something. But you know, so, so here's the story: you're 52 years old, and you're panicking because your retirement lost two hundred thousand of your million. I don't know how old that guy was. I'm making this up. Okay, at 54, you'll be back on average. Chance you'll be back by 53. Chance you'll be back by 55. The chances at 65 of you being down based on historical data are precisely zero. Calm your butt down. Okay? That's what that says. I'm getting ready to be 62. Uh, I'm not going to be using my money that's in the stock market in in my 401K or my other mutual fund investments. Um, Maybe ever. Ever. Uh, unless I used it to buy some real estate. But I mean, I, uh, so I easily can let it sit there till death and, uh, You'll be okay. you know, but I mean, the chances of me statistically, I'm healthy at 62, no, zero medication, uh, on average, uh, moderately good condition. On average, uh, the actuarial tables say I'm going to live to 90. Okay. So I've got 28 years to ride this out, not 28 months. So I'm real comfortable. With putting more in right now while it's down, because it's on sale if you keep that perspective. And you've got a long-term vision. And, you know, so you pan back, like you said, perspective gives you hope. People lose hope when they lose their perspective. And the joke that we always used was one of my daughters didn't get asked to the prom by one of those boys. And that night, it was a long night. There was wailing and gnashing of teeth. It was so very sad. And her mother and I were supposed to go in and comfort her in her moment of heartbreak, but we were having trouble not laughing in the hallway. Because it was so dramatic that it was funny? Well, because we've been to our 20-year class reunion, and we know when she sees him, then she'll be glad. We have the perspective of time, right? We know that this this heartbreak is not the end of the world, Uh, although it is the end of the world for her at this moment, but she does not have the perspective of time because she's a newbie. Can you tell no. us which daughter this or is? No, this oh. not a
2: chance. I'm just going to guess it was no, Rachel. No, no, just no. Just a guess. No,
0: I, I have a great poker face, George. I'll never reveal that. It was bad enough oh, that I told the story to start with. That's fair. I, uh, but the point being, you lose perspective. if When you lose perspective, is a good chance you lose hope. Mm. In order to think that the world is coming to an end, you have to have a fairly short window that you're looking at because there's no long-term window data that indicates that. Only the panic of the moment, the flavor of the week here at Baskin-Robbins. But, you know, that's, that, that's what we're dealing with, right? Yeah.
2: And when you look at the data, you know, you kind of get what you're looking for. If you're looking for panic, you'll probably find it in the headlines, and you'll probably find doomsday. But if you look at the charts and the graphs and history and you, you live your life by these principles, you can kind of just breathe easy. The weight's not there when you start looking for that.
0: You know, if you're in Bitcoin, there is reason to panic.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I could tell you stories for days, Dave. The really sad stuff happening with the crypto bros out there. Are The crypto bros are they're hurting. They, they were declined are, are we for gonna, prom, let's we're, say.
0: We're going f- <laughs> to... There's the analogy. They've been rejected. Throwing temper No from- date for the prom. <laughs> Sorry, crypto Crypto bros. bro, no date for the prom. <laughs> I don't think they're going
2: to prom, Dave. They're not the type.
0: Oh, oh that's sad. We need to, like, form a support group for them.
2: We should. A Dave Ramsey Crypto Bro support group. Make that happen, guys. You know,
0: I, I would think that one would sign up. Maybe one. Because they just wouldn't be looking for a lot of mercy, right? This is The Ramsey Show. George Campbell Ramsey personality is my co-host today. That's not right. Can you put that back on home for me? Thank you. I screwed that up. All right. All right. Jamie and Deborah are with us in Georgia now that I pushed the right button to do a debt-free scream. What's up, guys? Hey, Dave. Welcome. How much have you paid off?
3: We've paid off $245,655.71.
0: Whoa! How long did this take? Sixty-four months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Seventy-nine to
3: one hundred and ten thousand. Excellent.
0: Well, I'm guessing with the length of time and the amount of money that you paid off your house.
3: Yes, we did. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking to weird people. <laughs> yes.
0: How old are you, weird people? Forty-nine.
3: And I'm forty-eight, and
0: almost you, forty-nine. And you have a paid-for house, and you're not even fifty no sir what's this house worth
4: about 160,000
0: phenomenal well done so the 246 was the house and other stuff
4: that's right yeah we had to pay off the IRS a little bit we paid for my car um we had 15 credit cards that we paid off we paid off a timeshare and a loan in a dish mortgage
0: wow crap y'all were normal (laughs) yes sir Oh, man. Way to go. This is a big turnaround. Five years and four months of busting it, huh? Uh
4: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Whoa. How's it feel to be free? It's
4: the best feeling in the world. It's just incredible.
0: Tell us the story of what happened and how you got plugged into the Ramsey stuff.
3: Well, so I'm a nerd, and I would lay awake at night, and I wondered, you know, how were we going to keep paying all of our payments? How could we keep our timeshare? What's going to happen when the credit cards are maxed out? So we knew enough about your program to know that we needed more income. So we downloaded every dollar and we went to work. Um, for the last 64 months, we've been cleaning offices, doing laundry, uh, worked at the grocery store deli, worked at a honey store, did product demonstrations. And for the last year of our payoff, we um, sewed masks during the pandemic.
4: And that's wow. an addition to our full-time
3: job. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Whoa. Y'all been busy.
3: So out of all
0: these side hustles, what was the one that paid the most?
3: The office cleaning, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah that's big money. Yeah. So how much money you make selling masks?
3: Um, we, Oh, goodness. That's one thing I don't have on my piece of paper. But that's it was okay. enough to pay off our last few credit cards.
0: Okay, great. So you made a few hundred bucks at least. That's awesome. Because, I mean, that's oh, a... Yeah. That's a that's a business that is no more. Yeah, temporary. Please, Jesus, please, Jesus. It is no more. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, somebody run that alien Fauci out of town. Okay. Anyway, the uh, all right. So wait. Well, I'm glad you guys. I mean, I'm happy for the people in the plexiglass business. They made some money, so it's good. Way to go, you guys. So you. man, you guys, you just rolled up your sleeves and hustle, hustle, hustle. So like, your mom and dad were people who said work hard.
4: Oh yes, and our grandparents too. That. That whole generation. Mm. Yeah.
2: What was on the other side of this thing that you guys were kind of aiming towards, the vision that you had, the why, where you went, this is why we're doing this?
4: Well, we have our 18-year-old son, Parker, with us here today. We were doing all of this for him. He's He's been our biggest cheerleader and our, our biggest reason that we've been doing all of this.
2: Mm. Yeah, you modeled that sacrifice for him, and that's
0: ingrained in him now.
4: Absolutely. He, he bought his first car with cash. Yeah. Yay! We're very proud of him.
0: Yeah, the, now we're passing down weirdness as a family trait. I love it. Yes, sir. Good for you guys. Well done. Okay, outside the three of you, who was cheering you on? Well, our family and
4: our friends and our coworkers, uh, our Sunday school class at church. We've, we've got a, a great network of cheerleaders.
0: That's good. That's good. Sounds like you've got good friends that are wishing good things for you all the time, not running you down. Yes, sir, we do. That's good very cool guys very cool all right what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is 246,064 months
4: well i would say that hard work pays off um make a budget make a plan and stick to it keep christ in the center of the home and in the family
3: and i would say use the every dollar app and uh don't stop tithing while you're getting out of debt
0: amen amen so this, was, this whole exercise was very much a spiritual exercise for you all.
4: Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: Now, yeah, the whole idea of stewardship, managing God's resources well, had to play a part <laughs> the way, with the language you're using.
4: Mm-hmm. He has blessed us, and we give him all the praise and glory
0: for it. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well done, you guys. You're rock stars, heroes. You have a paid-for <laughs> house, and you're not even 50.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. Did you,
0: did you ever dream? like when you got married that you were going to be there by the time you're 50 <laughs> no way no you know a lot of us got married uh, you know that are in our 50s or 60s now and we just thought it's mortgages for your whole life we thought that oh, was yeah. the definition of the word hmm. you're always gonna have a car payment i heard that my whole life <laughs> mm-hmm. we did little too. man can't get ahead you're always gonna have a car payment like eeyore is your spirit animal or something <laughs> Yeah, that's out there, man. It's out there. So you guys busted that chain. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Well done. we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's the next chapter in your story. Go on and become millionaires and continue to be generous and and outrageously generous as well. And, of course, a copy of the Total Money Makeover for you to give away. And we're going to send you a gift card for the uh, one-year subscription to Financial Peace University, to the uh, membership to that. The brand-new videos are on it. If you haven't been through the class, it's a chance for you to go through it or give it to someone. Either way, uh, we're giving you all these things. You enjoy them, give them away, help other people with them you guys are incredible you're gonna inspire a lot of people with your story amen awesome. thank you both it's a great great story all right jamie and deborah in georgia two hundred forty-six thousand paid off in 64 months that's their house and everything they're not even 50 they're rocking it did it making 79 to 110 and 83 side hustles way to go county it down guys let's hear a debt-free scream
4: three two one we're dead free
0: yeah. That's how it's done, boys and girls. That's how it's done. This is a decision. It's a decision you have to live with. Man, beautifully done. Davey is in Louisville. Hi, Davy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks, Dave. How are y'all doing today? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? <laughs> well,
5: uh, so... Short version is uh, my wife and I, uh, brand spanking new newlyweds. Uh, we've been at this for three or four months now. So short that I can't keep time. Um, and then not too far into our wedding, the Lord decided to bless us with uh, not one, but two babies on the way. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> Party. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh-huh. uh huh. And so we've been, you know, we're in baby, well, we... Yeah, we're in baby step two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so my my wife's a teacher and I'm a seminary student. Mm-hmm. I work part time, but I just got my life insurance license. So hoping you know that that can take you know that that you know I hit the ground hustling and that takes off and. But my question really is, uh, you know, like, where, how do we pause as far as like you know paying paying down debt and snowballing versus saving up for the babies uh Mm -hmm. they're not due until december january but with two of them you know (laughs) there's a lot of excitement on the way
2: well you're going to be making minimum payments and kind of pausing the debt snowball until we can stack up enough cash and mom and the
0: babies come home safe and then when that big pile of cash is sitting there we throw it at the debt Yeah. anytime you're facing a an emergency situation a potential layoff a baby on the way that kind of thing we always tell you to push pause push the pause button and that means you pay minimum payments. You still live on beans and rice, and you, but all the cash that you are going to be throwing at your debt, extra at your debts, you pile it up. What George just said, and we want to have as big a pile of cash as possible. Mom and babies come home in December. Everybody's good. We didn't need any of the cash. Hospital covered what is, our uh, insurance covered what is supposed to. Everything's good. Um, when well, we take all that money, we throw it at the debt, and we push play again. But in the meantime, you've got this uh, nice cushion. Yes. I like to call Which it Storm new, and Stork. brand new, married, and two babies on the way. Ah!
2: That is yeah. Storm and Stork. There's a lot going on there.
0: Wow. <laughs> the stork and Storm. Very the exciting storm times. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious.
2: Happy for you guys.
0: Wow. That's going to be amazing. But, yeah, if you need a big pile of cash, it'll give you some peace right now. This is the Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. This is the Ramsey Show, where common sense is for your dollars and cents. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Sarah is with us. Sarah is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
6: Hey, thank you. Um, So my question, my husband got some stock options from a company he was working for a few years ago. Uh, the money has gone from about a hundred thousand to it just got valued at a million dollars a couple weeks ago. So we're trying to decide how much to pull out of the company and how much to leave in. We anticipate it'll keep doing pretty well, but also don't want to be messed up if we're wrong.
0: Wow. Uh, what's your total net worth?
6: Uh four, probably like
0: 600, and then this, 600 besides this. Oh, wow. So way over half is in this one company.
6: Yeah, yeah, we have a lot in it. Yeah, it's
0: very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, in other words, you bet the farm on this one company. You went to a horse race, and you put your daddy's deed for his farm on one horse.
6: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: that's scary. Uh, That's what they mean by bet the farm. Yeah, you don't want to do that. (laughs) So... Um, I don't buy single stocks at all because mm-hmm. of the risk of what we're talking about, the lack of diversification. If someone is in love with their company and their company stock and they want to buy some, I recommend they not have more than 10% of their net worth tied up in company stock. And that means you would have no more than 160000 tied up in this.
6: Okay. Okay. That, that didn't sound that like to is, me. You were going to no. sell. That
0: okay. doesn't sound. That okay. Didn't sound like you were going to sell eight hundred thousand to me.
6: Uh-huh. Uh, that should sound like I will try to convince my husband that that's what we should uh-huh. do.
2: Ah, that's the tough um. part. <laughs> He's getting starry-eyed. gone, but what yeah. if this turns into one point five or two? I mean, we could. This is our retirement.
6: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so here, that's here's uh, a, where we've been, and it's been working out, but it's getting a little big. For that's comfort. what
0: they said about Bitcoin. Um. So the uh. uh Another way you can talk to him about it then because that's what you're trying to do is to figure out how to discuss this logically. The uh, Harvard Investment Newsletter about 20-something years ago had a beautiful article in it called Sunk Cost Analysis. And the danger Mm -hmm. of someone in your situation is that when you're analyzing, you have a million dollars in a stock. And when you're analyzing whether to keep it that way or do something different – you are bringing into the analysis the fact that you only paid 100 and some change for it, and it's grown to a million over many years. It feels yeah. like found money, in a sense. Okay? And that's an yes, impro- that, that is an improper analysis by anyone's, anyone in the investment world, even people that disagree with me will tell you that's an improper analysis. The proper analysis goes like this. Pretend like you had a million dollars piled in the middle of your kitchen table right now in cash and you did not own this mm-hmm. stock. What would you do with that million dollars? Would you go buy this stock with a million dollars off your kitchen table? No. You see how that feels different than what I said earlier? You need to get yeah. it down to 160. And what that does is, here's what that triggers in your brain. Here's the part of your critical thinking skills that that forces. And you can go ahead and discuss this whole thing with your husband and you should, or play this back for him, okay? It mm-hmm. makes you, when you look at it that way, it makes you analyze nothing about the past and only the future. And you say, what, what okay. immediately goes through your head before you went, well, no, I wouldn't do that. What went through your head was something like this. Okay, I don't want that much of my net worth tied up in a single stock, number one. The second thing is um, I'm not that sure – that this company is that great that i would put it all in this one company um and uh you know and, and you know i don't know i mean I, maybe i would rather do something else with it and all of a sudden the possibilities of other things come across your eyelids rather than just uh oh i own this and it's awesome okay So you can say, you know, it it makes you look for The only proper analysis of an investment is forward-looking, not looking at how you got here. Where you got the money is irrelevant. What it does in the future is the only thing you're analyzing when you analyze whether I keep it or not. Does that make sense?
6: Yes, that does make sense. That is a good argument. I might get somewhere with that.
0: That's the sunk cost analysis. In other words, whatever you paid for, it doesn't matter. Let's pretend you uh-huh. paid. It's pretend you paid. Pretend you paid two million for it, and now it's worth a million. The same question mm-hmm. will keep you from, you know, because it, it, that stock, if it went from uh, two million to one million, might go to two hundred thousand. It could go on down, right? Now that's not happening with this company, but this is the reverse side of that same argument. If you're looking at a million dollars and you're going, "Well, I'm going to wait till it comes back up because I paid two million for it." A lot of people say stuff like that, right? And if you do that, that's yeah. sunk cost analysis. That's a bad analysis. Instead, you say, okay, what do I really think this is going to do only in the future? Oh, God, I'm pretty sure it's going to go down. Well, then why would you buy it? And by keeping it one more day, you just bought it again. You know, same has the same exact effect on your balance sheet. So, yeah, if I'm in your shoes, knowing what I know from 30 years of building wealth, and, and I don't own any single stocks. I'm not mad about it. I just don't buy them. I don't get tempted to count on my own ego for picking one stock that's going to be a, a home run. I, I don't own any. But if I did, I would not own more than 10% of my net worth in a single stock. So in this
2: situation, Dave, this is going to create a big taxable event if she sells off this many shares. Probably. Do you obviously work with a tax advisor on this, but is there a strategy to go, we're going to stagger this out so it doesn't
0: you know shoot us into a million-dollar income a year uh i mean you split over two years but uh, other than that no you're gonna you're gonna get taxed on it so you just on, put on the aside
2: the a big chunk of that money yeah. to pay the tax bill.
0: you know if you want to split over two years you can to, to, to reduce the pain and so sell something now sell some more january 2 but i mean you're waiting from now to january 2 in this current market that thing could go down yeah it scares me i i if i woke up this morning in her shoes I'd be done with 800000 of it by morning. Well,
2: it feels a little bit like you're at the casino, and now you're up $900,000. Exactly. Go, hey, we're crushing it. Let's keep going. And then all of a sudden, it can turn on a dime. Exactly. That's so that right. does scare me. Yeah. That, you, me and you don't like losing money at the casino.
0: We'll I, leave that I, to other people. It's easy for me to not lose money at the casino because I don't go. So, um, but the, um, you know... Uh, uh, it, it it's not the casino because it's not gambling this is actually investing mm-hmm. but it can turn on you that fast with a certain company and with a single stock there's stuff going on at a company that size that no one knows except five people that could the, the the news comes out tomorrow on the ceo dot 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 did this or that my god all of a sudden the things your shareholders me- get spooked your millions a half million yeah you know i uh one of the saddest things i ever saw in this was there's was a uh, Procter and Gamble, which is a wonderful company, and I have no idea what their stock is doing these days, but years ago I had a, a widow that had worked for Procter and Gamble thirty eight years and I was coaching on money and um, she came in and she was just crying, and she had put all of her 401k money in p and G stock, mm-hmm. and it was down thirty eight percent and so her seven hundred fifty thousand looked like you know, it looked like four hundred thousand and uh, it was awful. And she had lost basically half of her retirement, Scary. almost, because she had bet it all. And she—it's a, it's a wonderful big company, but that doesn't mean the stock is wonderful, and it certainly doesn't mean it's a great vehicle for you to build wealth with. You can have a good company and even a stock that's okay, or that has a good potential future, but um, none of them are good enough that I want to bet my half of my net worth on them.
2: Yeah. That's tough. Scares the crap. You're never going to go public, Dave. Are you? No one's going to see the Ramsey stock hit the market anytime soon. Because then that means you got to report to the shareholders. Uh that
0: means a lot of stuff that I'm not going to do. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, folks, if you're looking forward to the Ramsey yeah, stock, it's not uh, happening. I, I, you know, it's um, it's it, Ram, I, I can assure you, it's doing okay. It's uh, it's doing just fine. Thank you very much. Those um, you get all the voting around here. That's it. I am. I am the. I am the. Uh, Sole arbitrator of stupidity and um, and genius both. So there it goes. It's worked um, out. But yeah, it's I, I. At least we know whose fault it was, right? <laughs> one person
2: in charge, one person to blame. There
0: we go. <laughs> George Campbell Ramsey, personality, my co-host today. This is the Ramsey Show. Thanks to Austin, Ben, Zach, Andrew, and Kelly in the booth. Taking care of us and making sure you get this broadcast over the airwaves to all 22 million of you. Thanks for being out there on YouTube, on podcast, and on radio. We love all of you. This is the Ramsey Show. Do
2: you love a good day, brand